0: This episode of Open Micros is brought to you by the people of Aquarius Productions, as well as that dirty motherfucker BJ blow. He knows what he did. He would have started his own podcast, but he was too chicken shit. Let's play the music.
1: Ooh, it is... Wednesday night, and it's time for the Open Podcast. I am Jason Robbins. I'm the roach
0: fart in a tree of stand-up comedy, Jacob Craig. <laughs> and uh, tonight, we were supposed to talk to the great Sean Finnerty. He is yet to be here. Uh, perhaps he will join us through the show. We'll never know. If he does, uh, we'll but... just
1: pop him in, and you'll never know the difference.
0: Yeah, exactly. But until then, we're gonna give you a host episode because you guys want content every week. So, Fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Always wanting yeah, shit. Man. Always everybody <laughs> wants something. Everybody wants something. So I guess we'll just uh yeah, we'll just talk to each other, man. What yeah. uh what's your what's your week been like this week, Jay? Uh
1: well we did uh we did the open mic last night at the juke joint. In Ocean Springs, uh, doing the changeover to where it's your
0: show now. You are the official host. That's right. I'll be uh, hosting at the Juke Joint in Ocean Springs uh, every Tuesday night for the next month, uh, uh, starting at 8 o'clock. So, yeah, if you want to come by for the open mic, if you want to get stage time or just see the show, I will be there. I will be the new host. Yeah. Speaking
1: of uh, speaking of the juke joint, the uh frets for pets happened this last weekend. And oh uh, shit, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, Falls from Grace played Saturday night and uh we It was hot.
0: It was loud. Um, yeah. <laughs> you guys fucking rocked it though, dude. Uh and I've seen you guys live uh twice before. But every time I see you guys live, it's a special treat. Because like yeah. you guys, you you even said it on stage, or um, who was it? I think Donnie said it on stage. It's like you guys aren't gonna see us for another year, so let's make it last. Yeah. <laughs> like you guys have been only playing like one show a year, so because every time we get to see Falls from Grace, it's because we're special. old
1: men now. We can't play every weekend like we used to.
0: <laughs> Is that why Dylan's in the band? Is yeah. Donnie grooming his replacement?
1: No, um, I mean Dylan's been there. Really, since the beginning. I mean, he was like two years old when we started that band. Like literally, like two years old. He, you know, he would hang around practice, and yeah. we watched that kid grow up. And now he's like a really great guitar player. So sort we're of like, uh, and he wanted to join the band. So we're like, okay, get okay. Uh, some young young blood in there. Keep us. Uh, it's sort of like vampires. Um, you know, drinking the blood
0: of the the young <laughs> Uh I I think I mean I think it would be cool if like uh you know, to keep Falls from Grace going, you know, you have Dylan and I don't know if any of Jared's kids can sing or whatever, but well yeah, he's got like three I mean, kids now. Idea.
1: So <laughs> just groom all of them to take our places will be like uh it'll be like Guar where just yeah, like, you just <laughs> get new people in all the time and you never know. We'll have to start wearing ah. a mask. I think we're actually playing a, uh, a Halloween show on oh, really? October 30th, I think. Um, but it depends on, because uh, our bass player, Mikey, uh, used to be a Marine, plus me and him have been playing music for 20 years, and 20 years of him jumping, you know, doing scissor kicks on stage yeah. for 20 years has ruined his knees, so oh, he has okay. to have double knee surgery. And uh, he actually pushed back the knee surgery so we could do the show this past weekend. And uh, poor guy can barely walk, man. And we're, like, making him go on stage. And he goes on stage and, like, jumps around like, you know, like, nothing's happening. But then he gets off stage. He's like, I'm going home. My knee's hurt. But uh, that's what happens. You would never guess from watching him. I know. He covers it up well. But he's got, like, bad knees, really bad knees. And uh, he's getting knee replacements. So if he's up in time for the October show, we're doing that. But um, we've been talking a lot about it. Um, We have a new practice space now where uh, Donnie's got a house way out in the middle of nowhere. So we can play at any time. And uh, we're going to go out there and practice and write some new stuff. And hopefully, maybe put out a new EP
0: or something here in the next year or so. That's awesome, man. That'd be great. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you guys fucking rocked it. I got my Falls from Grace merch. Yeah. I got a got a t-shirt, <laughs> bought some drumsticks. Yeah. I, uh, I took the set list from that night. Yeah. So <laughs> fully ingrained Falls from Grace fan. Now I, uh, I opened the show that day. Let me tell you, man, it's called frets for pets for a reason. Cause they did not give a fuck about comedy. They... Ooh, I can't.
1: I'm glad I didn't have to do a set. <laughs> Up there, cause it it looked like it was not a
0: uh, comedy crowd, dude. I don't know what I I don't know what they wanted. I, I guess music. I know what they wanted, but it's like I open the show, so it's like they're expecting all of this music, and then I come up there, and I'm like, "Hey, you bet! I bet Tom Brady gets fucked in the ass by <laughs> dudes sometimes," and they're like, "What?" <laughs> And then what's, what sucks is like, I just assume that I'm being too dirty the whole time. I assume that's yeah. what the problem is. Well, what they should and have done,
1: I, they should have had like a little platform out in front of the stage to where when the bands are changing in and out, they should have had like a big curtain in front of the stage there, have the comedian come out and fill the time in
0: between the bands. That would be awesome. That would be ideal. But the, the thing is, is that uh, one of the guys that runs it didn't even want comedy. And the other guy talked him into it. So he's like, yeah, <laughs> well, I do two fucking comedians, whatever. <laughs> and then, but, but uh, like I was saying, it's like, I just assume that I'm being too dirty. It's like, uh, it's in the middle of the day. Yeah. I've never performed comedy during the day before. And, uh, cool. It, it was five o'clock, but it's still fucking daylight outside. Mm-hmm. There's some kids around the corner. Look who luckily weren't paying attention. So I just assume like, oh, they don't like the dirty jokes. And then I decided, fuck it. I'm just going to lean into it. I did one of the dirtiest jokes that I do. It's just a really dirty fucking one-liner that's so horrible. If I said it out of context, I'd get canceled. <laughs> and it murdered. Like that was the biggest laugh of the set. Wow. And I was like, "What did you want the whole time? W- what was I supposed to do?" <laughs> I don't I don't understand the science behind making those people laugh. I mean, it,
1: I thought about doing it before like Comedy and Music doing a festival like that, but when yeah. you think about the logistics of it it's so it those crowds just do not overlap.
0: Yeah, I mean you listen to any comic like um Anthony Jesselnick went on a little tour with Queens of the Stone Age opening for Queens of the Stone Age because the lead singer loves Anthony Jesselnick loves his comedy. Yeah. And those are the, some of the worst shows that Anthony Jetsamik has ever done. Yeah. Because no one bought a ticket to see him. They bought a ticket to see Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. And they're not showing up being like, oh, comedy, let me respect this guy and listen to what he has to say. Yeah. Like, that's not the crowd that's there. They're like, oh, Queens of the Stone Age, let's smoke weed and break shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're <laughs> not there to see comedy.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, you know, and people say, oh, you never blame it on the crowd. Dude, fuck that. Kevin Hart said that. Fuck Kevin Hart, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if a, if a crowd isn't there to see you, then it's going to be a, a tough time to get them to pay attention yeah. if they're there to see something entirely different. Didn't Bill
1: Hicks go on tour with Tool back in the day, like the early 90s?
0: I have no idea. I I, think he I, I did. will admit that I don't know a lot about Bill Hicks. I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, Wouldn't doubt it.
1: But I can imagine Bill Hicks is the kind of guy that will get his mission is to get your attention. Yeah. So I, I imagine he thrived on stuff like that.
0: But like, imagine if you go to a strip club and they're about to bring out candy. And then I just walk on stage and do a type five. Like, what? No, no one no one's there for that. Show us your titties, fat boy. Yeah, exactly. They want to see my pussy. That's all they care about.
1: Hey, whip them out, make a few bucks.
0: Dude, we have a friend, uh friend of the show, Cranius Gillespie, who's been on a couple of times. He actually opened for Riley Reed at a squirt show. Really? Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't talk about it. That's a legit credit. I would say that I've opened for Riley Reed, Yeah. if I had that credit. <laughs> but yeah, imagine having to do comedy right before, right before a porn star comes out and squirts on everybody. Well, at least you do it before she comes out
1: so you don't have to stand there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just do stand up after while everyone's
1: mopping. <laughs> That's gross.
0: This is going to be a graphic show, Jason
1: Robbins.
0: <laughs> if we're we're earning tell. our fucking, what is it, explicit badge. Well,
1: last night was a different kind of show for me. Uh, it was the first time I ever did like an open mic where I literally went on stage with no plan. Mm-hmm. Like I just got up and started talking. And I had a couple of things I wanted to talk about, but it's sort of like one thing kind of led to another. And I thought it was a pretty good set. I mean, I ended with some stuff I've done before. But I think I did, what, like eight minutes? And I'm something probably like the first five minutes was nothing but just, like, stuff right off the top of my head. And some of it hit pretty well, so I think I'm going to keep some of it. If I can remember it. I wish I would have taped <laughs> yeah. it.
0: Well, dude, what, what, Well, in my opinion, I think what you should do is just keep, you know, if you're not an open mic, fuck it, riff something off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I was watching you do that, and the difference was that you were having fun. Really? Like, you were having fun riffing that joke, and then you do your material, and it's like, it, it doesn't seem like you're having fun with that material anymore. You yeah. gotta keep it fresh. You gotta yeah. riff that joke off.
1: And that's the thing, I, f- I haven't really written anything new in a while, because I haven't had that motivation. Yeah.
0: I can tell you're bored with it.
1: Yeah, I just I've been doing the same like over the last you know, I I've, I've done nothing but pretty much big big shows over the last right. couple months. I haven't really done any open mics, but all I've done is the same set every show. And so it's kind of getting a little little bit I don't know, not boring but just like I don't know, it's it's boring to me. <laughs> I don't Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, oh, I know the same feeling. I mean I, I will come off the road and do the same set three, four or five times, whatever, however long I was gone, and that by the end of it I'm like, I'm so ready to retire these jokes. Yeah. Like they're, you know And I I'm just going to go and do these jokes at an open mic.
1: And I just went on stage last night. I was like, you know what? I've gone I've gained a lot of weight and I'm just gonna talk about getting fat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, me too, dude. And I went on stage and did you know five minutes off the cuff of just getting fat over COVID, and it, it came worked. out pretty good actually. I thought,
0: yeah, it worked. I mean, and that's one thing too is like, uh, I feel like a lot of people. I I know I do this. So I I over I always overthink, and I think about the science behind comedy. Me and too. And I never just go up there and talk and just do a set. Mm-hmm.
1: I I go in my comedy app and I change. I literally will look at my jokes down to the word. What mm-hmm. word do I want to use here? How do I want to say, right. how am I going to say this word when I get to this point? Instead of just getting, like, I feel like back in the beginning when we started, me and you roughly started at the same time, you know, like at the Kraken, yeah. I feel like every, it was all new and we were just going up there and just trying new stuff all the time. Yeah. And we weren't worried about, okay, well, what, what word works best here? Like, okay, how, how am I going to break this joke down? It's almost become too clinical. (laughs) And I, like you said, I overthink it too much instead of just going up there and just fucking being funny.
0: Yeah. I do the same exact thing, man. And especially when I don't have, um, a new five minutes or whatever, because back in, you know, in three years ago now, uh, when I, I have much less responsibilities, every single week I just write a new five minute to go up there and have so much fucking fun with it. Because yeah. I'm, I'm excited that I have all these new ideas and I get to try them out in front of people.
1: And I tried out a new story, too, because something came up earlier in the show. So I started my set off with something I've never told before. Yeah. And it kind of set the tone for the whole thing. And even when I got off stage, you were just like, dude, you need to tell more stories like that. Like, yeah, I did tell you that. Yeah. I got a lot of stories like that, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to start digging into the old memory pile and bringing stuff
0: out. Yeah, you got to play to your strengths, man. Uh, I've had to be a joke writer because I don't have life experience. You have yeah. tons of life experience, <laughs> so you don't have to be a joke writer. Yeah, technically. <laughs> you don't have to. I mean, you are. You, yeah. do, you do write jokes. but But I do have
1: yeah, you- a lifetime of dumb shit happening to me. Because right. I've lived a life that no one else has lived, I've been on the road with a band you know i've I've been in the entertainment industry. I've never had like a normal life you know like i I've never just like did the nine to five existence and then come home and eat dinner and watch you know whatever sitcoms I'm into, and then go to bed and do it the same way- the next day so it's been a lifetime full of being on the road and just doing weird shit that I have so many weird stories that I, I think I could probably do an hour-long special just off dumb shit that's happened to me.
0: That's what you should title it: it, is dumb shit that's happened to me.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> I mean, you think about it, dude, that's what Henry Rollins does. Yeah. Like, Henry Rollins well, is not a stand-up comedian. Now
1: that you talk about him, he is the reason, I, literally Henry Rollins is the reason that I started doing comedy. I wanted to be yeah. like Henry Rollins. I didn't really want to be a comedian because I don't consider myself a joke writer. I'm more of a storyteller. And right. me and him have had similar experiences. Like all he does is get on stage and talk about life and yeah. being on the road with the band and all that kind of stuff. And like I I first got into his spoken word stuff back in the late 80s with um if you can go back and listen to uh Actually, I Actually, have a VHS still. It's called You Saw Me Up There. And there's a... Um, uh, what's up, Ron John, in the chat room? Uh, and, and then the, the CD that came along with that VHS special was called uh, Think Tank. And that's probably one of the greatest comedy albums of all time. I'm telling you. It's up there.
0: And it's a, and it's a Henry Rollins comedy album?
1: Mm-hmm, it's a double album. It's probably you can probably listen to it on Spotify now.
0: Probably, I didn't. I didn't realize that Henry Rollins had been doing that for so long.
1: Oh yeah, he's been doing spoken word stuff since like the '80s.
0: Okay, yeah, I always thought that he just kind of transitioned over into that when you know, well, Black Flag still play, but when he you know, kind of left the limelight a little bit.
1: Well, he went and started his own band, the Rollins Band, but he was still doing the spoken word stuff at the same time. Because okay. he's you know he's also writing books, and I, th- I think the spoken word stuff has made him more money than than music ever did. Because he still does spoken word stuff, like that's what he does now is just spoke like going and doing like stand up, uh, spoken word things in diff- all these cities.
0: Yeah, I mean if you travel on the road with just yourself, that's you know, and all you need is like a manager and an agent or whatever. You can yeah. make some money like that if you're not having to deal with a fucking label ripping you off. Yeah, exactly. But, dude, how uh, how good of an actor is Henry Rollins, though? Let's talk about that. That dude, guy is a hell he of
1: was, an actor. Um, he did the voice of, uh oh, crap, what's the, uh, on the new He-Man series. Skeletor? No, not Skeletor, the guy with the eyes, that he can change the eyes. He's got, like, four eyes around his head.
0: I-Man? Not
1: I-Man, it's... (laughs) Hold on, I can look it up. Let me go to IMDB. I should know this,
0: because
1: I'm such a He-Man nerd.
0: Yeah, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. I haven't seen the show yet. I haven't watched it.
1: Oh, it's so... People are hating on it, and I don't know why. Even a friend of mine is talking about, oh, spoilers, you killed He-Man. Like, dude, it's... Whoa, He-Man dies? It's like, dude, the story's not finished. Like... Wait till see, the you know the rest of the season comes out.
0: I'd be pretty pissed if He Man died.
1: Uh, Revelation. Alright, let me see.
0: Who does the voice of the He-Man? Fucking
1: Um who does Chris the Hemsworth? Voice Hemsworth? Chris Wood.
0: Chris Wood. Uh, oh, he was on Supergirl.
1: Oh yeah, I see his picture now. Uh, Lena Hetty is Evil Lynn. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar as Tila, Mark Hamill as Skeletor, dude, Diedrich okay. Bader plays Trap I want to oh, get nice. Diedrich Bader on this show so bad. Oh, Triclops have been trying to get Diedrich. That's his, his name. Henry Rollins did Triclops.
0: Oh, I know Triclops. Yeah,
1: yeah. Stephen Root does uh, Cringer, the the cat.
0: Oh, oh, uh, Liam. Yeah, the- Liam
1: Cunningham is a man at arms. He was—I um, don't remember his name on Game of Thrones, but he was the Onion Knight. Yeah, um, Davros. Davros, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dennis Haysbert as King Grayskull. He's the guy that um, he was on Twenty Four, and he does all the, uh, the the Allstate commercials. Yeah, the guy with the badass Allstate voice. Stands. Yeah. Are you in good hands? <laughs> Are you in good hands? <laughs>
0: Yeah, dude, Henry Rollins is a fucking hell of an actor. His, his role on Sons of Anarchy oh my is, God. like, so opposite to who he is. <laughs> well, that's
1: why he does those kind of roles. Did you ever see um, uh, He Never Died, that movie he was in, where he played um, Cain? No. You know, the story of Cain and Abel?
0: Yeah. Yeah, am not plays, that much of an atheist.
1: Well, he plays Cain, and uh, he's like he's been alive for, like, thousands of years. Oh, that's okay. It's pretty cool. I think it's on Netflix, either on Netflix or Hulu right
0: now. I think you can pretty much see it anywhere. That's awesome. Yeah, I know a lot of people were pissed off when he didn't get cast as Negan because Robert Kirkman, when he wrote The Walking Dead, oh, based yeah. the character of Negan on Henry Rollins.
1: He would have made a great Negan. I didn't even think well, of that.
0: He would have because when they were drawing Negan, they drew him to look like a young Henry Rollins. I didn't
1: know that he was the basis for Negan. I never knew that. Yeah.
0: Huh. Yeah, they 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 kind of wrote and and care and like made him look slightly like Henry Rollins, and they gave him Henry Rollins' personality because he's like, like if Henry Rollins was in the zombie apocalypse, he would be like this really <laughs> crass, funny, murderous man with a with a barbed wire baseball bat. Yeah, I'm
1: telling you, dude, you need to go uh, check out. Um, you either. Listen to Think Tank or watch You Saw Me Up There. Let me see if that's available anywhere.
0: Yeah, don't tell me to find shit at a Goodwill. <laughs> so I'm never gonna find it. Let's see. You can saw me up there. Get a out on there. that, Jamie.
1: IMDb. Uh, I think you can watch it on YouTube. Uh, says it's on YouTube. Okay.
0: You can you can find anything on YouTube illegally, at least for a little while.
1: Yeah. Um
0: yeah, I think that's pretty much
1: where you can watch it now.
0: Yeah, okay. I'll 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 yeah, I'll check it out. I always say that. I always feel bad about saying that because I always say I'll check it out and then I never fucking do. No, but it's <laughs> a great stand-up special. Like it's really funny. Okay. The next time I write some jokes, I'll put it on because I like listening to comedy specials when I write jokes. All right.
1: And, you know, and it's his whole it's his whole Henry Rollins persona, so like I said it's not okay. really jokes it's more just storytelling but all the funny shit happens in the story you know
0: I got you let's see what what did I do this week yeah i was at um the the mic last night i got uh handed the keys over to the juke joint open mic mm-hmm. I haven't signed a contract yet but uh i mean we're going to it's it's official for at least a month and then Monday night, dude. So I'm in the mogul Comedy Festival right now. It's happening all week. Uh, that's why we're going to talk to Sean Finerty because he's the headliner of the Mogul Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. And Monday, all I had planned to do all day was I had a I was going to be a guest on a podcast at 3 p.m. and then I was going to fucking chill for the rest of the day. That's all I had to do was just guest on this podcast, and I'm done. And then I get a text from our best friend Zeke Buckholtz, friend of the show. He's like, "Hey, yeah. man." If you, uh, you come out to the, the show tonight, they're doing a bartender comedy show. And apparently a bunch of people fell out of it. So yep. he texted me. He's like, Hey, you come to the show tonight and guest spot. I'll give you some gas money and free drinks. <laughs> That's all you have to say to get me somewhere, dude. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> or I guess free don't... wings <laughs> or yeah. Free food of any free kind food. wings. Specifically. Dude, I'm not <laughs>
1: kidding. You offer me free food. You can get me to do anything. Like yeah, go anywhere, I, like I will go to uh you know, a, somebody's funeral I've never met in my life, as long as there's free food. Right.
0: Excuse me. Anyways, now back to the story. Uh <laughs> yeah. Zeke um he texts me, he's like, Yeah, come do this guest spot free uh free drinks, I'll give you some gas money. And so I, I and and I was very, you know, kind of like, uh, ah, I guess I'll do this. I threw all my clothes, whatever, got a ride over there. The show starts, and I don't know how it's going, because there's actually a green room at the Alabama Music Box. So, yeah. yeah there's behind a green the stage. room in there? I didn't know this either I until I opened for Ginny Zagrino, and uh, Zeke told me the code to the green room, and I was like, you have a green room? <laughs> and so I was there hanging room out. room for a green room? Because the bathrooms are right behind the stage. It's to the left of the bathrooms. Okay. Yeah, so you go, you walk back to the bathrooms, and to the left there's an employees only door with a code lock on the door, hmm. and you and you open it up, and there's another bathroom in there for I guess, employees. I guess I'm and not famous
1: this, enough to know about the green room. <laughs>
0: nope. Not, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I don't know if I should be saying this or not. But yeah, there's a green room, <laughs> yeah. and there's uh, a, a few have to seats kill in there. all of
1: us now. Now that we yeah. all know there's a green room,
0: and and from the green room there's a door you can you can open the door from the green room and go on stage. That's cool. Yeah, so you see a door behind the stage, and that's, that's to that little area back there. Hmm. So I was hanging out back there. I have no idea how the show's going. I'm just hanging out, and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to worry about how the crowd is. I'm not going to worry about what kind of crowd it is. I'm just going to go out there, and I'm going to guest spot. I'm just going to do, uh, he, he said I could do five to seven. I'll, I'll do seven. I'll work out, whatever. Hanging out with Craig Williams, best friend, good friend of the show. And uh, yeah, it's my time to go on. I have no idea how the crowd is, whatever. I walk out uh, from the green room, from that little door, and it is packed. The room is full. Hmm. The room is full. All the chairs are full. There are people standing up. It was more full than the Jenny Zagrino show, more full than Sean Patton. There was no room. Everyone that could be in there was in there. Do you hear my
1: stomach? I hope that's not coming through the mic. For some reason, my stomach is like, bro,
0: bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't hear your stomach. Okay, in case good. It but yeah I go up there and dude when I tell you I had one of those myth, like mythical sets that everyone talks about Yes, I had kind of set where I wish there was a camera rolling because if there was I would get any job that I ever wanted in this industry (laughs) it was one of those sets where it's just the audience was on fire you could literally do no wrong I could have farted in the fucking microphone (laughs) and they would have lost their shit dude The owner of the bar afterwards came up to me and shook my hand. And he was like, hey, I've never seen you perform before, but you're a fucking killer. Come back anytime. We'd love to have you. And it was one of those things where I got off stage and I was like, I need to quit comedy because I'm never going to have a better set than I just had. (laughs) It was all of the fucking stars aligned. And I just instantly was out of my shitty mood, like, oh, I have to come here and do this thing. I was like, I get to come here and be in front of this great fucking audience yeah. during this comedy festival that I'm not even supposed to be at right now. <laughs> and, man, it and they did good, that show, too, man. A lot of people fucking showed up. So I, I made back what I had to pay to get into the comedy festival plus profit. Wow. It was... Yep, or John
1: 420 is yelling at you in the chat room. Always record. I need to yes. take that advice too. I do the same thing because the same thing happened to me a few weeks ago when I, uh, me and uh, our good friend Nikki, Nikki Coleman, who has been on the show before, yep. who yep. shout yep. out friend. to Nikki, Best who is uh, battling COVID right now. She's in the hospital and uh, she's vaxxed, but she still got Delta and wow. ended up in the hospital. So, uh, oh, good thoughts for you, Nick. Good thoughts out for her. Um, me and her did a show in Pensacola about a month ago. And um, we play, play in this bar. I can't remember the name of it, but we pull up and it's like immediately, you know, like you pull up to the bar and you're like, oh my God, there's going to be chicken wire around the stage, like yeah, that right. kind of place. Go in and it's like out, out of the movie Roadhouse. I'm like immediately just like, oh my God, I'm going to die in here. Even the doorman looked like Sam Elliott. Like, and they had motorcycles on the stage. I go in the bathroom, take a pee, and on the wall, you know, like you go to the urinal, and they have the, the ads right in front of you. The ads were yeah. for uh, yeah. shooting ranges and bail bondsmen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, it, the funny thing about that is... If you're taking a piss and you see an ad for a Bales Bondman and you decide to call it because you need a Bales yeah. Bondsman, why are you in this bar taking a piss right now? Exactly. Like, Hide. How do you why do they advertise
1: bail Bondsmen in the bathroom? Like, you only need a like. It's not like bail, like you just go out like to just get a bail bondsman, like just, oh, you know yeah. what? I might need a bail bondsman one of these. No, it's one of those things that's like, it's four o'clock in the morning and you're desperately calling your mom or dad. Like, please come get me yeah. out of jail. <laughs> get me a bail bondsman. <laughs> Wait, I, I I saw an advertisement at the bar. Go in the bar in the bathroom uh, over the urinal and get that number for the bail bondsman. <laughs> like Why? cuz you're just going to call the your... first you're going to call the first one that pops up in Google. That's what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I'll let you finish your story, but side note, I have I've spent the night in a bail bondsman office before. Really? Not because I was in trouble, but because <laughs> I just did. Like that's just I did a show and the guy that owned the bar that we were performing at was like I also own this bail bonds office and you can fucking stay in this little apartment that I have wow. in there. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a good place, actually. Okay,
1: <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm like in there looking at that. And I'm like, bail bondsman, shooting ranges, Harley's on the stage. Like, I better take out every single political joke I have in this set right now. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, and I'm looking around at the clientele, and I'm like, these people are going to fucking hate me. Like, I don't know why we're here. I was nervous. I was shaking before I went on stage. I get up there, and first joke, boom, rocks the house. And I'm like, okay. Now, I, and it was one of those, like, like you said, just magical moments where I could say right. nothing wrong. Hey, Jacob. Yeah? We got to tell the listeners about Brez Coffee Company. Oh, they're coffee for gamers by gamers. That's them. 100% free trade Colombian coffee,
0: roasted right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. Sounds perfect for all-night gaming sessions, no matter what kind of gamer you are. Video games, tabletop, card games, Brez has what you need to keep sharp. They got all kind of flavors to choose from, like Good for Gaming Light Roast or the Necro Medium. See, I like a good Dark Roast, like the Critical Gaming Dark.
1: You can't even add flavors to your coffee like iCast Fireball, which is a fireball
0: whiskey flavor. Can't decide what you want, then just try their specialty sample pack. Whatever your
1: coffee of choice is, they got you covered. Head on over to brezcoffeecompany.com and use the code OMPODCAST to check out for 10% off of your order. Amazing. I did. I was supposed to do 10 minutes. The dude like kept, told me to, like, was on the side of the stage, telling me to keep going. I ended up doing like 13 minutes. And. After the show, like, people were coming up to me telling me how funny it was. I, I went up to the bar to get some uh, some water, and the, all the bartenders were like, dude, that was some funny shit, man. Yeah. And even Nikki came up to me. She was like, you just killed this place. And I was like, oh, wow. Even the guy that ran the show came up to me. He's like, dude, that was awesome. And, like, I just, it was like, I was on cloud nine for, like, three days afterwards.
0: Yeah, that's how I still feel. That's how I'm gonna be until I bomb again. Because it's yeah. just that's that's the same exact feeling that it was Monday night, dude. Like, See that's
1: what I was hoping last night I would I would go up and just kinda of bomb. <laughs> because yeah. I figured nobody was there. I go ahead and get my bomb out of the way, like you do something like just do something weird, go on stage with like no plan and just bomb and get it out of the way so by the time the next show rolls around, I'm good to go. But yeah. Last night ended up being pretty good, so I don't know, we'll we'll see what happens. Playing yeah, the know, odds always... right now cuz you know you got to get that one good bomb in there.
0: Yeah, it's inevitable. It's inevitable no matter how good of a comic you are. <laughs> you're you're going to you're going to bomb sometimes for the rest of your life, man. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, even even Bill Burr, Tom Segura, they those guys still bomb, dude. Like that, and that's why, again, fuck Kevin Hart. The audience matters, man. Like they bomb because of the fucking audience. Yeah,
1: it's different areas have different audiences, man. Like, because I was so nervous in Pensacola because, you know, the one time I was there before, a few weeks before that, or a couple of months before that, the last time I was in Pensacola was the massive bombing I had over there with you and the governor.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you're still. I think there's still a warrant out for you after that. Probably, fucking bro. That's a terrorist attack. Dude.
1: <laughs> Hasn't been a bombing that hard since Hiroshima.
0: Yeah, dude. Fucking <laughs> Pearl Harbor of Pensacola, Oh yeah, No man. shit. But uh, yeah, dude. I, I I do the same thing though. I I bomb at the most inopportune shows. Yeah. Like a charity event for these little fucking doggies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go up there and just bomb and be like, hey, donate uh, money to this fucking good cause. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just the most. And, and I, I bombed the first night of my tour in New Orleans. I just got off of a week tour in New Orleans the very first night. Eight shit. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is, yeah, OK. Uh, So Louisiana has their mask mandate back So there's not a lot of people doing things Because they have to go wear masks Like yeah I'll just stay home I don't want to wear a mask There are only five people there But the thing is is Even though there were only five people there I'm well aware of the fact that I still ate shit Like I should have been able to make those five (laughs) people laugh It
1: seems like the less people that are there The harder It's weird because it seems like the less people there are The harder it is to make them laugh Because they're
0: they're they're afraid of being embarrassed. They're they're afraid of calling attention to themselves. I think so. I think that might. I think you might be on to something. Because dude, because think about like last night.
1: Last night we were at the bar. Nobody was in there except all the comedians and this couple. And then they bolted after like the second comedian because I guess I would because I had a whole bit I was gonna do about them (laughs) when I got up. But and then they left and I was like. Well, shit, there goes my first two minutes right there.
0: Yeah. And, dude, uh, my mom comes to almost all of my comedy shows, right? And she still laughs at almost all of my jokes. And so she'll have instances where she's sitting in the crowd and someone says something funny and she laughs. And then she'll look over and someone's looking at her like she's crazy for laughing at a comedy show. <laughs> I know. It's like, what? why did you come here? What did you expect? <laughs> Are you a fucking critic? Are you a Yelp reviewer? Like. I don't know. I don't know. Come on, man. Oh, dude. Funny story. I didn't tell you about my Yelp review incident. Okay. Hit, yeah, hit bro. Hit me. <laughs> so I went to the, the open mic at Ditcher on the Alley um, uh, a week ago or a couple weeks ago or something like that. And uh, because I promised Jeremy that I'd come out there. Oh, no, this was actually right before I went on tour in New Orleans. I was rusty. I knew I was rusty. So I went to this open mic to shake some rust off. Mm. And uh, I get up there and, you know, it's normal night. And there's quite a few people there. And uh, there's this table of three white girls. One's like a pretty blonde white girl. One's like a pudgy, uh, short haired, dyed blue, lesbian white girl. And uh, I don't remember what the other one looked like. And uh, Jeremy made a joke about the first comic was black. And he made a joke. He's like, I got to give you the Obama, man. And he like pulled him in close and gave him the hug or whatever. And then I go up next. And he also gave me the Obama because hmm. me and Jeremy are tight. So he pulled me in and hugged me or whatever. And I said, I, word for word, I said, this is a big moment for me. This means I can say the N word now. <laughs> That's how I started my set. Look. Maybe maybe that's not maybe that's not a funny line. Maybe it's not. Okay, cool. This table of white girls. For first of all, one of them said, "No." And I and I had the lamest comeback ever. I said, "What are you, the inward police?" Lamest fucking comeback ever, right? But the thing is it's lame, it's shitty. I do my set, the set goes fine. Mm. Uh so The only thing that I'm regretting is that I didn't have a better comeback. One of these little fucking white girls left a review on Yelp of Landmass Comedy, who runs this open mic, and they said, the big guy said the N-word and then called my friend out when she said, no, you can't do that. Jason, what I said was the phrase the N-word. <laughs> if I can't say that, what can I say? Maybe that's I what didn't... she... She should have put
1: a quotes around the N-word in her Yelp yeah. review.
0: She's basically lying, trying to fucking, I don't know, think she can do something because she, she didn't like a joke. Whatever. Guess what? All the black people in that room didn't fucking care. It's like, you're not... You don't speak for them. Stop you got, fucking you being got, a white knight.
1: You got hit with the social justice warriors, sure. They were trying to trying to cancel you.
0: I know. Again. <laughs> I've been canceled on this scene before, dude. They're trying to do it to me again. And this time I didn't do fucking anything. I said literally the phrase, the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> Was I supposed to just say the word? Might as well. I mean, if you're going to get a Yelp review. <laughs> like, what? Like, like, what would they have done if I did say it? Would their heads have exploded? Probably. Like, what? It's just, it blows my mind. You know what mind. you should
1: have done? Should have said the N-word and then called up too real and been like, <laughs> got him on the mic and be like, he said I had two free N-words. <laughs> oh, two loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, call right, too up loose, too loose I mean, and be like,
0: Yeah, yeah, Toulouse gave me passes, man. But it's just—it's so funny to me that it's like this person that's hosting the open mic. Speaking of Toulouse, isn't he supposed to be on this show sometime soon? I said I would schedule him if he can ever show up anywhere on time. (laughs) Uh, He has yet to do that, so I will not schedule him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'd have to. uh, That. Yeah, I don't know. He never shows up on time for anything.
0: Right. It just pisses me off that it's the fucking table of white girls that get pissed off about this. And none of the black people that were in that room gave a flying fuck. Yep. Like, that's how you know that you're the one that's in the wrong. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. His cancel culture stuff getting is getting... Don't get me started. Getting, it's getting too... <laughs> it's getting ridiculous, it's man. It's like
1: a religion at this point.
0: It's a cult. It's yeah. a fucking cult, dude.
1: Nobody is allowed to uh, grow and be sorry, right. and are no one's allowed to change and be better. It's like, you are judged by the one thing you said 20 years ago, even though I was a completely different person earlier today than I was yeah. 20 years ago. Right, you know? yeah. So-
0: <laughs> I changed my opinion an hour ago. Yeah, Now exactly. this is my new opinion.
1: <laughs> I change my opinions by the minute.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, dude. And it's just like... Ah fuck, what was I gonna say? I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. I didn't mean to
0: derail you. No, it's okay, man. Um yeah, I don't remember what I was gonna say. But yeah, this this whole thing is just Oh, oh, I think I remember what I was gonna say. It's like these people uh like, they'll not even do anything. Like, Liam Neeson, he he came out and he was like, I had this emotion towards black people at one time, yeah. and I want to apologize for that. And everyone was like, well, you're canceled now because you admitted
1: Dude's it. like 70 years old.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, he's a, what?
1: <laughs> and he, he's like Northern Irish, so. You not know, to mention, it,
0: like, he, he was literally like, there was this one time where this black guy beat up one of my friends, and then I was like, I want to kill this black guy. And I wanted to kill him because he was black, and that was wrong. So I apologize. Yeah, and, and, you know, and I'm not like, making oh, excuses
1: for the guy, but like he's 70. Pe- I hope I change like opinions by the time I'm 70. Like it pe- that's a long life to live and have different opinions throughout your life. I mean, shit.
0: Yeah, it's getting crazy, man. It's getting crazy out here. I think it's but just it's-, it's
1: at a fever. I think it's actually starting to calm down a little bit.
0: Yeah, but, I think oh, it is yeah. with especially with the Austin comedy scene and everything cuz the way that Austin's working kind of right now is it's it's a fucking closed loop, man. Like if something gets out online that's because someone was recording when they weren't supposed to. Yeah. Like so it, you go to a club in Austin, you can try your fucking edgy jokes out and if someone doesn't like it, you know, fuck them. Yeah. Uh what I was going to say earlier, I just remembered it. Uh When someone at a local fucking bar open mic comedy show says something that you don't like, it's not like it's fucking Burt Kreischer or some super famous comedian where we have to go on Yelp for discourse. You could literally have come to the bar right after I got off stage and talked to me face to fucking face and I probably would have apologized for offending you. (laughs) Like, the fact that it's just such a cowardly recourse. It's like, the people that are doing this are cowards, because they don't want to have a face-to-face interaction with you. Yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous.
1: Nobody man. wants to talk anymore. Nobody wants to, like, get to know anybody else. Nobody wants to, like, hear differences of opinions. Nobody yeah. wants to, like, take difference of, uh, like, like, take constructive criticism. It's just, like, you're, there's no black or, uh, there, there's no gray area. Everything's black or white. It's just, like, yeah. There's no room for for improvement, no room for anything. It's just like you say one bad, wrong, bad thing, boom, you're canceled.
0: Yeah, and and you know the thing is, is uh, what's happening with the baby right now. I don't know if you know about this, the rapper the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard, heard I've about this. Never heard of him until like all that all that went down. Okay, so I like how this situation has planned out. This is how it should work from now on. The mm-hmm. baby said really stupid homophobic things on stage. His agent and everyone told him he needed to apologize. He had the chance to apologize. In his apology, he said shit that was even dumber. <laughs> so, all of, the, all of the music festivals dropped him. His agent dropped him. Dua Lipa, who he has a song with, who is bisexual, said, don't play our fucking song anymore. Most of the radio stations... Out there have pulled the baby songs from uh from the radio station, so he's making no money off of that anymore. Mm-hmm. That's how it should work. If someone says something you don't like, then don't support that person. And yeah. private businesses should be able to choose to not work with you. Exactly. But don't just be like, you're magically canceled, cancel button, cancel yeah. stamp, you're <laughs> fucking canceled. That doesn't what? What is it? Yeah, if that you say something
1: stupid and that's objectively dumb and wrong and you double down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, there, there's a, a like, there's a, I can agree with that, but if somebody says something stupid, like in the heat of a moment or, you know, says something out of ignorance, like, and then they're not given a chance to like, and like when people do say something out of ignorance and they apologize, then everybody jumps on their apology, and is just like fuck yeah. your apology. Like, what do you want people to like? If somebody says something stupid, and they and they're like, oh shit, I didn't mean that, or you know, like I didn't know I was, you know, like give people a chance to like learn and grow. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. It's just it's a different world
0: now. I don't yeah, understand well, people, it. I'm old. People should <laughs> be canceled for actions, not words. In exactly. My like like Chris D'elia. Is fucking accused by multiple women of, of yeah. grooming them and whatever and accused of sexual assault okay that's actions man cool he hurt people mm-hmm. fuck them. Um, I would Shane Gillis who said a racial slur on a podcast one time he apologized for it His, it's still it's still cancelled why yeah. he didn't hurt anybody he said a fucking word yeah. dude if that hurts your feelings get thicker skin <laughs> yeah, this no world shit. isn't for you man and like I, I don't, I don't what I was gonna say. Uh, um, I don't remember. I just want to point out how every podcast that uh, doesn't have like a set subject eventually divulges into cancel culture. Because yeah. <laughs> we're all scared to death. I mean, not scared to death, yeah. but it's like, you know. Oh, so- Jason, I'm scared to death, Bubba.
1: <laughs> I'm fucking yeah, well, the scared, the thing is, dude. is, people have to understand context. Yeah. And most of the time, like people have to real like I've actually had people in my life get angry over stuff I say on stage, and I and I'm just like, you realize that's like most of the shit I say on stage, I don't think that, like yeah, they're right. jo- like the reason I say these outlandish things on stage is because they're fucking outlandish, and I don't
0: believe right. it. Most of the time, you believe the opposite. Yeah, and exactly. That's what makes it funny.
1: Exactly. So context is everything. And I think people have lost the ability to understand context.
0: Yeah. I I said this on a podcast a while ago. And intention.
1: Intention is big too.
0: Yeah. I I mentioned this on the pop nutshell podcast back in the day, like 2019, something like that. Uh, We got into a cancel culture discussion, even back then. Fucking stupid. We're still talking about it. Three years later. (laughs) I said, uh, you know, if I hated Jewish people, for an example, why would I write a bunch of jokes about Jewish people, yeah, like wh- why would i why would I have people pointing fingers at me? No, I'd be trying to fucking hide it, dude yeah <laughs> i'm I'm making these jokes because I want to include people, yeah, I want to roast these people and be like, "Hey, you're cool with me, man. If I'm yeah. making fun of you, I' fucking we're good <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: I'm the same way. I mean, I, I make fun of people and stuff, and and say outlandish shit on stage. But yeah. most of the time, it's it's all like people have to understand intent, and I, I don't know. It's just intent, context. Like it's just taken so out of out. Of, it's blown so far out of proportion at this point. I think it's like everything's in waves, and you know, like like past since 2016 everything everything hit a fever pitch <laughs> like yeah online and real life like i have lost people in my life you know like people close to me because of politics like I, and and shit like that and it's just like i'm so over it i'm ready for things to just calm the hell down for a bit you know
0: yeah, me too, man. And I and I think maybe the cancel culture stuff did die down a little bit during COVID because no one's thinking about that now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think once Bill Cosby got released, it started typing yeah. up again. Because yeah. Bill Cosby is now a free man on a technicality. And he raping, dude. He be raping. <laughs> like, and the, the funniest thing, I guarantee you, Jason, Within the, ne- within the year, before 2022, Bill Cosby will be headlining a comedy club. Oh, I guarantee it. Because these fucking club owners don't give a fuck about anything but selling out their shows. Yep. So that's it. I mean, they're going to they're gonna book Bill Cosby because they're going to know they're going to get so much press for this show. It's going to sell out. Even if it's bad press, everyone's going to be like, Bill Cosby is headlining this room on this date at this time, and this is wrong. Guess what? You're promoting his fucking show, and now you just made it sell out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other rabbit hole we could go down with uh, the press, but we will save that for another show.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we still have a host episode coming up at the end of the month. So Anyway, let's start wrapping
1: this one up because we got a two-foot to do tonight.
0: Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, man, so uh, where I'm going to be, what I'm going to be doing tomorrow night, Thursday, Thursday night, August 12th, I will be at the Alabama Music Box in the Mobile Comedy Festival competition. Come and, and root for me and and let me make you laugh, and hopefully I will get to the finals of that. Um, after that, I believe, yeah, the next thing is going to be the open mic Tuesday night at the Juke Joint Notion Springs, 8 p.m. I'm going to be your new host. I'm going to do things uh, differently. Uh, Not drastically differently, but I'm going to make some changes that will hopefully benefit the comics in the audience. So if you want to see how things are going to change, come on out. And uh, for me, I'll just be doing
1: whatever open mics are are still open because uh, everything's kind of shutting down again because of COVID. Mm And uh, everything I was working on in New Orleans is starting to back off again. And so I was like, well, uh, I got some other shows I'm working on here, uh, just here on the Mississippi coast. So I'll be doing what I can get on stage when I can. So we'll see what happens over the next couple of months with this Delta variant. And in the meantime, go get vaxxed if you're not vaxxed. It's... Almost like pretty much uh fully approved by the FDA at this point. So if you're scared, I understand. I, I don't like needles either, but just go do it. Like hospitals yep. are filling up. We're almost to the point of uh uh hospital failure in Mississippi. They had to open up um uh there's a hospital up in North Mississippi. They had to open up like the parking garage and they're actually the army is coming in Jesus and setting Christ. it up right now to turn it into an emergency ICU ward because there's no more room in the hospital. So if you don't want to die and you don't want to kill other people, go get vaxxed. Doesn't matter which one, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, whatever. Just go, go get stuck and uh, we can beat this thing and get everything back to freaking normal. It's not political. I'm not being political right now. I'm just saying I got the vaccine. I'm still alive. Nothing happened. So go get yeah. it.
0: Yeah, now I'll speak from personal experience. I was actually a little afraid to get the vaccine because of all of these, you know, adverse reactions or whatever everyone's talking about. And then my brother and his whole family got COVID, so mm-hmm. I decided that I'm going to go get the vaccine. Got my first shot. Uh, shot. <laughs> <laughs> I got my first shot, and then I started. Um, I got my first shot. And uh, my arm was numb and, and, and hurting and everything for uh, two days. And I'm waiting for my second shot. I'm going to get that on the 13th. So I'll, right. I'll keep you guys updated, man. If you guys are f- afraid to see what's going to happen, I'll be your fucking, I'll be your huckleberry. Yeah. My first shot, uh, sore arm, second shot, felt like crap
1: for about 12 hours the next day. And then other than that, perfectly fine. So, yeah, go get it. And uh, the name of this episode is going to be Shot Shart. <laughs> Dude, do shart in the dark. Shart in the dark. All right. <laughs> uh, and on that note, let me go ahead and play our music here. If you want to email us, you can email us at openmicerspodcastgmail.com. We are at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Open Micers Podcast on Facebook. Uh, www.ompodcast, I think, goes to our, what does that go to? Patreon. Patreon. Also, openmicers.com goes to Patreon as well. So uh, we're now on Anchor FM. You can support us over there. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.